last Sunday, I got a chance to interview Curtis Lila. It was a meeting at Papa's Kitchen, a Filipino restaurant that uh, I've been invited to, to meet a friend uh, and also a member of the Guardian Angels who was there. Curtis, we knew, was coming and we wanted to listen to what he had to say. But at the last minute, Alan, the producer of the video, decided, hey, you know what, Mike, you know what you're doing. Why don't you ask the questions? And the next thing I knew, it was an interview. It's all over the internet now, YouTube and other places. So this is part one of that interview. I'll put part two up when I get a chance. So the man who would be mayor, Curtis Lee, and Loden here. If Eric Adams would like to guest, hey, no problem. We'll give him a shot too. That is, if you can take time out from dancing on TikTok, Eric. Here is Curtis Lee. Curtis Lewa and I'm running for mayor of the city of New York on the Republican and Independent lines. So we're here with Curtis Lewa, uh, and of course you are running for mayor of the city of New York. Uh, some would say it is or was the greatest city in the world. Now of course a lot of people might not feel that way. What do you want it to be again, Mr. Siwa, and, and how do you think that can be achieved, especially for people like in this community of Asian Americans who, you know, are being affected by a lot of different issues, taxes, issues with, with uh, crime, uh, assaults. How do you plan to solve these issues and, and make it the greatest again for not just Asian Americans, but all Americans? Well, clearly, uh Mayor de Blasio has single-handedly destroyed the city that we love, without a doubt. It, even when he tries to do something good, like having that concert in Central Park, you know, sort of a liberation of, of the lockdown and the mandate, although we seem to be moving back in that direction, he even messed that up. So it's been eight years, by the time he leaves, it will have been eight years in which he has undone everything that had been achieved previously him being elected mayor. So you had eight years of Rudy Giuliani, 12 years of Bloomberg, total of 20 years of good leadership at City Hall. And overseeing that from Albany, you had 12 years of George Pataki. And all of a sudden, you had the two Italian stallions, one worse than the other, Andrew Cuomo up in Albany and Bill de Blasio in City Hall. So what you have to do is you have to resurrect a lot of the uh, uh, effective measures that we're able to stabilize this city. So you deal with crime number one. If you're not dealing with crime, nothing else is gonna come back into place. You're not gonna resurrect the city. People have too many alternatives. So for instance, you no longer have to do business in the city of New York. We learned that in the pandemic, the lockdown. You could have a shingle in Waterloo, Iowa and be just as effective in the geopolitical world of things as if you were overpricing and being pay, paying an enormous amount of money to do business from a shingle in New York City. We've seen that people are able to work at home and be just as productive as if they spent two hours schlepping each way like sardines in a tin can uh, in order to work from one of these uh, tall uh, glass-encased concrete uh, skyscrapers that are empty. 
I mean, there's millions of square feet that are empty. So you say, I think I, I read something where it's, it, the population went down by like 1.5 million or something like that. Uh, well, supposedly, and then they did a census that said we actually had more people. But when you count the documented and undocumented people, we got a lot of people. But the question is, you got 10% unemployment that we know of. Then in the uh, underworld economy, which never goes on the books, you have large unemployment there. And no hope that that's going to get back on track anytime soon. And people have alternatives. They can leave. They're leaving to Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee. And they'll continue to leave. So the question is to try to get people who already want to stay and work here back to where they need to be so that we can commercially get back on track. You gotta make sure you have safe streets, safe cities, uh, uh, safe subway and a safe uh, park system. We don't have that now. You have to care for the emotionally disturbed persons who have been cut loose uh, as uh, lost souls to roam in the subways and the streets and the parks and they're a danger to themselves and everyone else. And then you have the enormous number of homeless people that have been repositioned throughout the city in shelters, forced into neighborhoods, no transparency, 80 a total of 80 in the de Blasio administration alone. And none of them seeming geared up to deal with the problems that got these men and women to be homeless in the first place. Alcohol addiction, drug addiction, emotional issues. All they are are warehouses. So they have to check in by 10 o'clock at night. That's the curfew. They get kicked out the door at 7.30 in the morning. What do you think they're gonna do the rest of the day if they're not gainfully employed or they're not involved in programs to sort of get them back on track? They're going to be shoplifting. They're going to be getting into trouble in the neighborhoods which had to receive these shelters because they had no choice. There was no debates. Community boards knew nothing. Elected officials knew nothing. And so de Blasio has really created this national social service network supposedly to help people. And nobody understands where the money is. So Thrive, one and a quarter billion dollars that was appropriated from us to taxpayers, supposedly to take care of the emotionally disturbed over five years. I haven't seen any success stories. People, that's the one question they always ask. What happened to all that money, the one and a quarter billion dollars? And none of the Democrats will use subpoena power to check the books. Now, Mrs. de Blasio's been asked, where's the money? Uh, the spreadsheets show us how it's been allocated. She's mumbled and stumbled her way uh, and they've given her a pass. So when I'm mayor, we're gonna find out where that money went, and more importantly, we're gonna make sure we take care of these lost souls. If we don't deal with the crime problem, the emotionally disturbed and the homeless, there is no hope that New York City can get back to the position that it pretty much has always been in the last century. When we talk about New York City, you know, we always think about, you know, uh, there, there was a time, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, we, we used to see the subway cars with all the graffiti on them, uh, the crime was in the streets. That's when your group, the Guardian Angels, was formed. Yeah. I, I watched an old, old, I think it was CBS, it was called The Magnificent 13. It was, it was the first batch of people that you organized and put out on the trains and on the streets when you were a manager at a McDonald's and, and dealing with it. Do you think the problem is has gone back to that? Has we gone back to that era of lawlessness and crime? Uh, it's not that draconian as it was in the 70s. You know, a lot of people, they always embellish things, you know, oh, it's as bad as the 70s. No, I remember what the 70s were. You had organized gangs in many neighborhoods. The Bronx was burning down. You had arson. You had abandoned buildings. We don't have those things now, but we are sliding in that direction. The thing we didn't have back then 
was the incredible number of emotionally disturbed and homeless people in the subways, in the streets, and in the parks. And also, you you were depleted of any money to deal with it because we were on the, the brink of fiscal insolvency. We were going to go Chapter 11. So they had to be draconian cuts. Going into the first year of this year, this new year without de Blasio, we're $6 billion already in debt. The following year, an additional $6 billion. You've got to have a balanced budget. So they're going to be cuts. Uh, and uh, my opponent, Eric Adams, is promising everybody, you know, hey, oh, no, there'll be money for your program, money for your program, I'll give you a raise. You know, oh, yeah, we'll take care of uh, the pension and welfare system, we'll address those issues. And I say, how could you get out there on the stump and say these things when we're already $6 billion in debt? God only knows how much more technology the de Blasio administration has used in terms of how they fiscally move money around. So you have to be honest with the people and say, I, I don't really know until we see what what we have to work with. And there's no more money coming from Washington. Yeah, so that trough of money, over, done with, we gotta we gotta we gotta do more with less. So we have ninety five billion dollars was the last budget I looked at for New York City. It's hundred billion. It's a hundred billion now. And most of this is coming from taxes. With the hundred billion they're spending, do you think it's been effective? Have they been able to help people, to house people? I mean, describing the situation you've been talking about, uh, we've got people drowning in basements. Yeah. You've got death, disease, and drowning here in Queens. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking at a, at, a, at a point where, in the middle of all this, you know, I was listening to 1010 Winds, I was listening to 770, I, I was listening to uh, WCBS, you know, all the different radio stations during the, during the flood. I'm blind, so I listen more than I watch. I watch all the TV stations. Did Eric Adams, uh, you know, get washed away by the flood? I didn't, I didn't hear him one time during the entire uh, flood situation. His whole rationale, along with the Democrats, is this is a result of global warming climate change. Now, some of it may be true, but having hands-on experience in the sewer system and the catch basin systems of New York City. They have not been tended to by the Department of Environmental Protection. So, in the areas that I was in, uh, in the aftermath of the flooding, Forest Hills, Middle Village, Glendale, Woodside, over near Casino Park, all of them quite different areas. The majority of them it was basements that were damaged, flooded out, cars just destroyed. And almost every person was telling me that the water came out of the sewer system, the catch basins, and then internally in their basements, out of the slop sinks, out of their sinks, out of their toilets, anything that spewed water or held water, exploded like a geyser. And so what's the root cause of that? Is that global warming, climate change? Well, that may have contributed to the massive amount of rate, but the sewer systems can handle that if you're cleaning them out regularly of all the gunk that accumulates in there and you're flushing and back flushing to make sure there's a, a normal flow. I was putting my hands in the catch basins and showing how much just sediment was in there. Forget about the garbage, the flotsam and jetsam, but just all the sediment that had accumulated to block the water so that the water, instead of flowing out, there would have been far less water in many circumstances, would just accumulate and push up. And so I said, look, it's much easier to address those issues by having weekly maintenance. Like when I was a kid, you would have the Department of Water and, and sewers come and dredge constantly the catch basins and sewers. They don't do that anymore. So they would much uh, prefer to address a situation that would take 
years and years to deal with and billions and billions of dollars instead of doing the maintenance. Now, before this recent warning, uh, when we thought we'd get hit with some more rain, finally de Blasio issued the orders, clean the sewers, clean the catch basins, uh, flush them and back flush them. Common sense should have prevailed. But this was coming from the people who got flooded out. No flood insurance, got to wait on the federal government because the city and state couldn't help them, so they're waiting on FEMA. And you'll be waiting a month of Sundays. Eventually, they'll get a payout uh, to replace what was destroyed. But how do you replace heirlooms and valuables that have, that have you know, maybe been side I mean, you got side. You got passports, you got papers, you got birth certificates, you got all these things. IDs. I mean, just just my son trying to get his his uh, city ID. He's got to wait three four months. Yep. Even more so with DMV to try to get try to get his uh, driver's license, you know, and all these things. If you lose them or, or get something well, and, done, and, you know. and the biggest problem nobody wants to deal with illegal occupation of illegally constructed basements. Bloomberg didn't want to deal with it. Giuliani didn't want to deal with it. Koch didn't want to deal with it. Blasio didn't want to deal with it. So finally, the Blasio said, we're not going to do anything about it. Well, I seem to remember a time when Jacob Reese went around the slums of New York City at that time with Teddy Roosevelt, who was the first police commissioner, and they critiqued all of those things that were being done by landlords that were illegal, that led to the demise of the new immigrants, all the rules that were broken, that led to disease, pestilence. And because he was able to critique it in photographs, finally people decided to do something about it. But did you well, they don't allow you to show those photographs anymore. Uh, no, my whole goal in this campaign is to get people to improve, not to move. Look, if you want to leave New York City, we want to wish you the best. Because that's happened all through the decades. Millions of people. In fact, one out of every seven Americans can trace their roots at some point in their odyssey passing through Brooklyn. One out of seven. How do I know? I'm a Brooklynite, so it's a fascinating statistic. We want to wish them the best, but we know a lot of people are, are leaving not because they want to leave, because they're being forced to leave for a number of circumstances. And my primary goal is to address that. Eric Adams said on day number one, he wants to go to Florida and convince like uh, 3,000 plus people to come back to New York. Go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> they're not coming back. They already made the decision, like, well, why would they come back? What are you going to do, bribe them to come back? No, let them be happy where they are. Focus on the people who are already here. we got to convince them to stay. That, in fact, all the negative things they had in their head that caused them to get on the computer late at night, go searching for a new location, they don't have to do that anymore. And it's just not because Curtis Lee was mayor, but because it's a whole different energy hold it and then what de Blasio has left us with is depressing negative oh, every day it's it's drudgery it's not going to be that like when Curtis Lewis raised the roof we're going to have a good time people are going to work but people are also going to feel good about being in New York they really don't know